Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC here, alone. Jay Posner is on vacation. He'll be back on Monday. By that time, I'll be in Texas. But tonight, Padres Giants series, uh, four games begins uh, tonight, AT&T Park. Padres, who had won 12-17 going into last weekend, have lost four straight. Two at the end of that road trip, uh, the four-game series in Atlanta, and then a two-game series to the Oakland A's. Let's talk about what the two games against the A's. It was a 4-2 loss in 10 innings on Tuesday and a 12-4 loss on Wednesday. What those games reminded us about the Padres. But first, wait, four straight losses. That has to be addressed. Four straight losses. Padres hadn't lost four straights since starting 0-4. Remember that? Swept by the Brewers. Day off, lost to the Rockies before getting their first victory. They hadn't lost three straight since April. That's how well things have been going. Or I guess you could say... Now, hey, teams run into four-game streaks, but this would be their first five if tonight against Madison Bumgarner, and they have Tyson Ross going, the Padres do. Tyson, very strong last time, been very consistent all year, but really that was his uh, his best outing in a month last, uh, last week. Madison Bumgarner, Tyson Ross, that should be a good one. Padres will face Chris Stratton tomorrow. Andrew Suarez, and then Derek Rodriguez. Those are the final three uh, pitchers they'll face. Uh, you've got uh, Tyson Ross. Clayton Richard, Jordan Lyles, and Eric Lauer. It's like weird. I can remember the Giants pitchers, and then I stumble on the Padres pitchers. But uh, those are the matches the weekend. Padres and Giants have played seven times already. Padres won three or four at Petco. Giants won two or three in San Francisco there at the end of April, beginning of May. Uh, It was Chris Stratton in that series back here in San Diego, April 12th, first game of the series. Uh, Padres ended up winning the last three, but the first game of that series, Chris Stratton, one hit over seven innings. Clayton Richard, pinch hitting in the third inning, got a single. That was the Padres' only hit of the night. That was one of Brian Mitchell's short starts, which is why Brian Mitchell went to the bullpen eventually, and now is on the DL, coincidentally. Uh, So that was Stratton. Uh, Padres only got two runs on, I believe it was also seven innings, uh, four hits off of Suarez on May 1st at AT&T Park, but that was the game they actually won in San Francisco. Uh, they scored a run off Hunter straight in the ninth. The other guy, Derek Rodriguez, they haven't faced him. Why? He's a rookie. Made his major league debut on May 29th. By the way, his name is Yvonne Derek Rodriguez. He is son of Pudge Rodriguez. Um, this will be his fifth start. Tonight's start, Madison Bumgarner. Hey, that's not like the terrible news that it that it used to be. Madison Bumgarner, I think, is 0-4, and I know that he has not won in his last six starts against the Padres. That goes back to May of 2016. Also, the Giants, I think he's 0-2, but the Giants are 0-3 in his start since he came off the DL. Remember, he broke his, uh, was it his thumb? Was it a finger? He broke his finger on his throwing hand at the end of spring training. He was on the DL. He's only made three starts. He hasn't made it past the sixth inning in any of those. Nine runs and 17 and a third total. I think he went six, five, and six last time against the Dodgers. Um, so, so I did that sort of circular, I guess. I came back to tonight after talking about the rest of the weekend uh, and a few other things because that's how I do it and you don't have Jay here to bring me in so that's the way it is but me doing that coming back to tonight that's cool because now I can talk about who's back tonight for the Padres Will Myers that's not all Phil Maton but Will Myers and this is good news I guess at the at the very least I could declare it is not bad news like it can't be bad news because what Will Myers does is he increases the Padres' margin for error. 
And that, I told you we'd get here, that is what we were reminded of in the Padres' two losses to the A's. And specifically, I guess, the loss on Tuesday. That's when Brad Hand was a strike away, had two outs, uh, two strikes, and Stephen Piscotty, Brad Hand was a strike away from his 22nd save, and he allowed Piscotty to hit a game-tying home run. The Braves hit another home run. It was a two-runner, uh, two-run homer off of Adam Simber, actually, in the 10th inning, and they won 4-2. to two. And the Padres lost, yes, because Brad Hand left a fastball, pretty good fastball, but a little too much of the plate, okay? And yes, he probably should have thrown a slider, okay? So Brad Hand blew it. But the Padres really lost that game. Because, you know, when Brad Hand makes a mistake like that, you don't, you go, well, that's going to happen. Relievers have bad days. The Padres lost because. After scoring a run in the first and a run in the second, they did not score again in the game. They had just three more hits, and they only reached base four times in the final eight innings. So, basically, Brad Hand can't have an off night. Just like Eric Hosmer has to get a hit every time someone is on score, in scoring position when he comes up. And Clayton Richard has to go seven innings. And that's just not going to happen. This was the 29th game, that game on Tuesday, 4-2 loss, was the 29th time that the Padres have scored two runs or fewer, third most in the majors. I believe it's the Orioles and the Marlins ahead of them. Doesn't matter. Just giving you some perspective, third most. They are 2-27 in those games. So the problem is they don't score enough. And they don't score enough because they don't have enough players to hit in enough situations. Will Myers gives them one more batter who can actually come through in those situations that other pitchers, that pitchers on the other team have to pay attention to. They have to be worried about that. Maybe now one other guy's on base when Hosmer comes up or vice versa. And then maybe that helps out Hunter Renfro. It certainly can't hurt. Now the Padres haven't made excuses. They, they haven't. I mean, they are who they are and they know that. But Will Meyer's name has been used a lot when they're talking about the offense or lack thereof. Like, and we don't have Will. You know, they'll list all these other things. They'll talk about their shortcomings, the things they're not doing. And we don't have Will. Well, now they have Will. So that's big. This doesn't mean they will win every series or anything close. It doesn't mean Will will, you know, hit 290 and, and uh, you know, have 10 home runs a month, uh, you know, 800 OPS and, and just come through at, you know, 320 with runners in scoring position. What it means is, Again, there's another person in the lineup besides Eric Hosmer who can create runs. And then maybe that helps other Padres hitters as other pitchers have other players to worry about. Again, what we know is it can't hurt. Also, what this is, and this is exciting because we have sort of been anticipating this a long time, like the last time Will Myers came back, all right? Um, Besides more margin for error or... I probably should not say margin for error, um, but like margin for non-execution by certain individuals is this allows us to see a semblance of the Padres lineup that we expected. And that is good, both because it makes the team probably more enjoyable to watch. And we're going to learn more about, you can't learn how Will Myers fits in this with Eric Hosmer and others. If Will Myers isn't in the lineup. So, it's good to make room for Myers, by the way. The Padres sent down Franmil Reyes to uh, AAA, I guess just sort of a little bit east uh, because the, uh, the Chihuahuas uh, are in Sacramento. I guess this was 
this was predictable that he would be the guy. Uh, at least it's not surprising uh, in, in in hindsight because he's just not a guy that you keep to pinch hit, not for his sake or for the team's. He needs regular bats. He's 22 years old. He's learned a lot. He is so much more than we knew in spring training. He's more than the Padres knew. But he needs to work on, you know, discipline, uh, recognition. He needs to be down there and hit. And, and is that two weeks? Is that, the, you know, three months? We'll see. It was good to have him up here, see what he is capable of and what at this point he's not. And so, you know, him being down there needing to hit uh, – that means, and actually, Francie Cordero having bone spurs uh, actually means uh, that both Matt Caesar and Travis Jankowski have been spared. Uh, Caesar more than Jankowski. I mean, at this point, uh, you know, Travis Jankowski uh, has shown he he has a lot of value, uh, even if that were just as a defensive replacement, um, a pinch runner. Uh, certainly, more uh, you know you you would use him to pinch hit more. He has been up in the majors more. You can argue that he would uh, be a better fit here as a, a utility outfielder uh, than Fran Mil Reyes. But I count at least three times, maybe four or more, that Matt Caesar has been spared due to injuries elsewhere, injuries to other outfielders, be that Franchi Cordero probably twice, um, Manny Margot, Will Myers, uh, injuries uh, to a pitcher that, uh, that allowed them, allowed, that's a weird way to put it, but you know that uh, spared Matt Caesar because they had to make a roster move to bring another guy up, but the pitcher went down. Um, and you keep thinking there's going to be a time when one of these young outfielders uh, coming up is going to force the Padres to DFA Caesar. Uh, he's a valuable guy as a pinch hitter. Um, he's, I mean, he is roundly loved in that clubhouse. That that is important because he brings a lot. He's been on a winning team. Uh, he does serve a role, but like not really on this team when there's so much to find out about young guys. And he's 28, and he's not a part of the long term future, but he's still around. And gosh, maybe he will be. I mean, the question now is that with with Franchi, who was transferred to the 60 day disabled list here on uh, Thursday, as we tape this, um, or as I tape this. Thanks, Jay. Uh, but but Franchi's injury does that. What does that do for when Austin Hedges returns? Um, the thought was that the Padres would basically go position for position in this week here where they're making these transition, uh, transactions. Like, Joey Lucchese comes off the DL, Brian Mitchell went on the DL. Uh, Reyes optioned when Myers returned, and, and, and it certainly appeared that Rafi Lopez would be optioned back to AAA when Austin Hedges returned. Um, and that may well be what happens, but maybe the, the Padres decide to keep Lopez and Caesar is the one that's jettisoned. Uh, Caesar, by the way, does not have any minor league options. He can't just be sent down like Lopez can. Um, he would have to be designated for assignment. He'd eventually be subject to waivers. Um, Padres could lose him. Uh, is that a consideration? Uh, it was at one point. I don't think it is now, but I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going to happen when, when Hedges comes back here and probably in the next couple of days. I still think it is Lopez that goes down. Uh, but maybe the Padres want to ease Hedges back in, and they don't want to, in doing that, then tax A.J. Ellis, who is playing exceptionally well, but he's 37, the oldest catcher in the majors. I don't know that he is still, but very recently was on track to, to catch more than he had in like the last three seasons. Um, and, and, you know, like the last three seasons, okay, he's caught more than this, but he's getting older, and 37, that's that's older than, you know, that's dog years when you're talking about a catcher in the majors. Um so maybe that gets Rafi a reprieve. I, I don't know. Uh, but it's a consideration I would imagine. So 
I talked about the semblance of something that we expected in the lineup. I don't can't remember if I mentioned Phil Maton uh, activated uh, today off the disabled list. Uh, it had been a lat strain of, of, of some sort uh, the last what month he'd been on the DL. Uh, he was activated today. Phil Hughes put on the DL with a right rhomboid strain. I do not know about this. I will say what a coincidence that Phil Hughes and Brian Mitchell, two pitchers the Padres do not need, have to make decisions on, um, that they are on the disabled list now when things need to happen and room needs to be made on the roster. It's very interesting. What good luck. What good fortune for the Padres. If you know if you have to have someone injured, I guess it's good fortune to have these interesting injuries happen at this time. Anyway. No Jay Posner. So, I mean, what else do I have to talk about that would be interesting uh, without him here to prompt me and, and argue with me and tell me how I'm wrong? Um, provide his wisdom. I don't have much. I'm debating whether to talk about this one last thing, and I think a podcast is probably the best place to do it. I don't see myself writing about this, but let's talk about Manny Machado. Uh, oil shortstop. Uh, also a heck of a third baseman, by the way. Uh, he's in the last year of his contract. He's going to be one of, if not the... Uh, most sought after free agents this uh, coming off season, and by sought after, that also means most expensive. And there was an online report, I think today, uh, as I recorded this on Thursday afternoon, uh, that the Padres had done their due diligence on Machado. Um, full disclosure, that was news to me. I'm sure it happened. John Heyman, uh, who reported it, uh, he's been around a long time. He talks to a lot of people. So okay, and it was news to me. And when I say it was news to me. That is a liberal use of the of the word news. And I'm not saying that the Padres talking to the Orioles and probably Machado's uh, representatives is not worth uh, an online post. It's 2018. Essentially, anything is worth a post, pretty much. That's what I've learned. Because uh, the Internet says it is. People read it. I guess it's worth a post most of the time. You, you just will not hear me questioning other people's reporting. I know what it's like to have some, you know, news, uh, a tidbit, uh, and, and wrestle with whether it's, uh, you know, should be put out there. Whether it's, you know, you hold on to it and you find out more, or you determine it's not worth something. I've gone both ways. I could do a whole podcast on that. Anyway, uh, anything is is worth some sort of report. There it is. The Padres called. What an interesting thing. Um, you put it out there, and sometimes it's up to the consumer to digest the information for what it is. And I, the way I read it, again, I will make my calls on this. Haven't done so yet. Other stuff to do. Do not believe for a second this guy's headed to the Padres or that there's even like a chance that it would become a discussion. Um, but I, uh, the way I read it, I don't think that John Heyman reported this as anything other than due diligence. As, as a matter of fact, uh, it was... The reasons were laid out that they would not uh, be players for this. I, I will check on it. Like I said, I believe what I'll find is that this isn't, this wasn't even what the Padres did with Jake Arrieta in the spring, which was like, hey, Scott Boris, we're we're here. If the if the price for Jake is a super super bargain, we're here. I, that's not what this was. I don't think. Uh, if it is, I'll let you know. Um, I honestly can't fathom what this was, uh, except information. I think a lot of people would be surprised how much time a general manager of a professional sports team spends doing this type of due diligence. It, it, it is good to know what another team is thinking, 
what a competitor is thinking, what prices are going to be for certain free agents. Okay, so that means the Padres have done due diligence on all the potential free agents or close to that because that allows them to assess the market as they are trying to assess what they are going to do. That's probably what this is. As I said, John Heyman didn't present it as anything different than that. Maybe the headline, you know, is a little bit more, but not really. Okay. It is said, uh, the story, by the way, said that a Padres person, that was his word, person, downplayed the possibility of the team acquiring Machado. Might even been, and I don't want to misrepresent this, downplayed them even being like serious players. But um, in the story listed, the things that we don't need to go over because we already know why they won't be. Okay. There's so many reasons. Um, so unless I find out something about interesting about this, I don't see writing anything on it, but I guess I, I feel like a podcast is a good place to talk about this kind of thing. So there you have it. Here we are Thursday, four games coming up on the Bay, San Francisco. Jay Posen will be back with me on Monday. I'll be in Texas. He'll be in San Diego. We'll talk about what happened this weekend and what's coming up. Thank you for joining me on the hot lava podcast. <laughs>